Good morning. So if I die of fright, somebody will come and collect me, right, and take me away? Anyway, um, it's so glad, I'm so glad, and it's such a privilege to me to get to give the account of how God has led me through the stages of life and the seasons with loving kindness and mercy. So I have an excerpt from Psalms 103, 4 to 5 to start with, and it says, Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. And indeed, that is the case. So my life has fallen into seasons of seeds and sowing, seasons of sustenance and grace, and seasons of shepherding with tenderness. So begins the season of seeds. From Jeremiah 31.3, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. So I was born in the post-war baby boom in San Diego to an excruciatingly nice man and his very conscientious wife. But my dad had been drugged to church several times too many when he was a kid and wanted nothing to do with God or religion. And my mom had somewhat of a traumatic upbringing, and so she viewed God as a harsh judge that punished sin with bad things. So there wasn't any mention of religion in my house. But when I was seven years old, I had the great good privilege to go to VBS. I don't remember what we learned. Didn't hear the gospel, but there was a grandpa there, and I was talking to Rowena this morning, who always had candy in his sport coat pocket. (laughs) So to my little seven-year-old self, I went, the people are happy, the place is comfortable, and I got candy. It doesn't get any better than that. But VBS only lasted for a year. A year, I wish. Only lasted for a week, and then I didn't have any more exposure to God or his word or his people until I was 10 years old. And by then, my mom had begun listening to Dr. J. Vernon McGee through the Bible, in the Bible bus. And she found a neighborhood Bible study then. And because I was only 10 and it was summertime, no school, I got carted along to the neighborhood Bible study. And I sat around the big dining room table with four or five ladies and still couldn't tell you what we studied. Still never heard the gospel. But I was introduced to God's word, and I began memorizing scripture. And the first scripture I learned was 1 John 3, 1. Behold what manner of love it is that God should call us his children. And that was not verbatim. But um, in my nervous condition, that's the best I can do. So, but school started, Bible study ended, and I continued on until I was 12 years old. And I began... um, middle school and as I walked to school I noticed that on the way was a little Southern Baptist church tucked in just outside the schoolyard and I thought hmm I could walk to that church and I did and I began attending and on Easter Sunday of my 12th year I finally heard the gospel in total and the Holy Spirit opened my eyes of my understanding so I understood when he was talking about a sinner as hard as I tried to be a good girl that sinner was me And so I responded to the altar call, and I was baptized shortly after that. And I just nestled into that little church family, and I sang in the choir, and I, during those years, met a missionary from Sweden to the United States who introduced me to street ministry in downtown San Diego. We did minimum security prison ministry, and I just felt like I was at home with family then, and it was wonderful. So I continued to grow, and um, 
I, my pastor, when I was about 16, said, well, I have a nephew that's coming to San Diego for na naval basic training, and it was the centennial celebration for San Diego. So he said, would you mind showing this guy around? And I said, sure. And I did. And after that first um, period of time together, he became very dear to me. And after his first tour of duty to Vietnam, we were engaged. And after his second tour of duty to Vietnam, at the ripe old age of 18, I was married. So we left the day after the wedding ceremony and drove to Tacoma, Washington, which was to be his next duty station. I went to work for pennies. He was having his duty. And God gave me uh, another young wife to be my friend who was a believer. And so while the guys were out at sea, we were um, having time together. And I worked for pennies, and it was all good. But about six months into that relationship, I was never struck. But he was quite a bit larger than I, and I just kind of got moved around where I didn't want to be. And I didn't really know what was the cause of that. If you asked me now, I would have told you he suffered PTSD after two tours of duty in Vietnam. And he'd had a traumatic childhood. He, he witnessed the death of his father in a farming accident. So no wonder. But there weren't any veteran services then, and we didn't know what to call it. And I was really young, and it scared me. But I thought, um, I should have mentioned to you that I'm kind of strong-willed, but I'm also really tender-hearted. And I don't know why God engineered me that way, but he did. And he gave me the gift of mercy. And I thought, if I just stay longer and try harder, I can make it be okay. But guess what? Good girls don't fix anybody, only God. And several more years went by, and as we expected, our first child things erupted into um, more regular fits of rage and increased violence. And I just was young and I didn't know what to do with it. But God, in his mercy, brought me a neighbor. And we, we lovingly called her Granny Allen. She looked like Mrs. Santa Claus. And she was Norwegian with bright pink cheeks, white hair, and a button nose. And she took it upon herself to teach myself and another young mom how to love our husbands well and how to keep a comfortable home, and I so appreciated that. But as things got worse, uh, one day, he pulled the phone out of the wall, he took the car keys, and he took the cash. So now I'm in rural Gig Harbor with no way out. And I went down the hill to my loving neighbor, and she said, Debbie, it's time for you to leave. I didn't have any wherewithal to leave. So, and this is a word picture. She called her friend Scotty, and so the two little old ladies with the white hair put Kristen and I, baby Kristen, now 12 weeks old, in the back seat of a 57 Chevy and smuggled me out of Gig Harbor and put me on a bus in Tacoma for Chico because my folks had retired from San Diego to Chico. And, um, wow. The scripture that God gave me for these years of sustenance, this season of sustenance, is the Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your goings out and your coming in from this time forth till forevermore. Through his word, through his spirit, through his people, I was delivered safely to paradise. And my hero dad stood between me and this young husband who had driven down from Gig Harbor and wanted to see me, and he said, you can't see her now. And eventually, because there, were no, there, there just was no intervention for him, and it was really a sad thing, but um, he eventually 
made me single again. And so I lived with my mom and dad, and my mom kept Kristen. I went to work in retail. And years uh, more into uh, the future, I met the man who would become my second husband, and he um, adopted Kristen, and six years into the relationship, baby Katie arrived. By that time, I'd worked for Feather River Hospital. I had training in medical terminology and medical billing, and it's a good thing because my husband digging a hole for a, a, a above-ground pool for um, a woman who was his boss, but he wasn't doing it on work time, and he hurt his back and he was out of work for a year. So now we had no compensation, no job, and a new baby. God in his mercy led me through that season because I had training in medical billing. I loaded up Katie in the baby swing and I drove to doctor's homes and I typed medical claims. God sustained us in that way. And we then, as a result of that little gig for me, we saw that um, the state and federal medical programs, so Medi-Cal and Medicare, were gonna start receiving uh, data in electronic format. And I took that bulletin home and I said, what do you think about this? And he was able to purchase a very ground level database and make uh, a format that we could input medical claims. And North Valley Electronic Medical Claims was hatched. We started working, working at home. And Katie, two weeks past her third birthday, and this is God's knowledge of my future when I had no idea, she was diagnosed with juvenile onset diabetes. It was an autoimmune response. And so now I had a three-year-old that couldn't tell me what was wrong and who was in the morning okay and by evening time was in ICU at Feather River. So God brought us through that, um, that time and I guess the caseworker, right, oh, the rest of that story is we didn't have any comprehensive health insurance. We had catastrophic coverage, but we couldn't afford a hospital bill. And somebody referred us to what used to be California Crippled Children's Services, is now California Children's Services, who came alongside and took care of the medical bills for us. So it was really good. So we were able to sustain with our little business and the provision was made that we could be home with this now sick little child. And part of the time Kristen was homeschooled, the eldest daughter. And um, so that was all good. When Katie was eight, the Lions Club approached me and said, we sure would like to send your daughter to medical camp at Camp McCumber at our expense, right? Because we didn't have any money. By God's grace, he let me say yes to that, but it was super scary because that little girl would sometimes crash into hypoglycemia in the night and God regularly, didn't miss a time, would wake me up so that I could go wake her up and test her blood sugar and give her honey, swab her mouth with honey so that it could be absorbed. Anyway, God's kind and wonderful provision. And at that time, she went to camp, she came home, she was, everything you would think a happy camper would be. And she came home with a new set of skills. Now she could give her own insulin injections. So all by God's grace. And then we were referred to UC Davis. And by the time she was 11, she became the first peds patient to receive an electronic insulin pump. It was a life changer. All at the expense of California Children's Services because we couldn't afford it. So um, through those years, God's word, God's spirit, God's people enveloped us in care and prayer and physical assistance when we needed it and we made it through then Kristen was scholarshiped because she's eight years older so by the time Katie was 11 Kristen was already in university and she was scholarshiped at the California Maritime Academy little did we know she was the youngest student because she entered at 17 she was 
there was like a handful of women on campus down there, and the average age of their entry cadets was 24. So my little girl that started at Christian school and home school smacked right into the world at large, and it was really hard. But God in his mercy got her through, and it set her up to work in the profession that she does now, which has just been a gift to her. And so we're thankful for that. Also, during that time, um, North Valley Medical Claims was starting to wane because it would have had to um, expand and um, go out into the community. And I'm sorry, I'm checking my timer. Forgive me. Oh, and it never started. Oh, well. Um, so, <laughs> so if I'm over 15 minutes, I need grace. I do. I do. So anyway, the, the business, we had the option of expanding or closing. And my husband chose to close the business. So that created an opportunity for me where um, we'd had a house full of foster kids for three years. Those kids were all gone now. And I had the opportunity to go, and I'd been working for hospice as uh, processing donations. But I met their chaplain, Newt Kearney, who was from actually this church years ago. And he so impressed me, and I caught the vision for clinical chaplaincy. And God made a way for me to go to uh, UC Davis Medical Center and take a residency in clinical chaplain, uh, clinical pastoral education. And I came home from there, returned to Chico State, and finished a degree in sociology and went to work right away for Valley Ridge Hospice as chaplain and bereavement services coordinator. And that was God, again, extending his loving kindness to me and giving me the desire of my heart. It's something that was hard, but it was so soul-satisfying that I wouldn't have traded that for the world. But that hospice went defunct, and the medical reg Medicare regulations changed to where you had to have a master's degree, and I couldn't work in that field anymore. But God, because he's God, and he knows my future, and I do not, sent Tom Turkington to me from Paradise PD and said, we'd like to recruit you into the Law Enforcement and Fire Chaplaincy Corps. So I took that training, and from then on, worked a day job in social work and did on-call chaplaincy for evenings and weekends because God loved me and he blessed me. So um, during those times, um, there was some trouble in the marriage and although I had resituated in a job, my husband was struggling and I noticed that he was spending more time in the office with the door closed on the computer and he was absent emotionally from the family. And uh, during that time, I, I had to go to my pastor and I had to put up some pretty stiff boundaries for the safety of my heart. And so he left the marriage and I became single a second time at 58 years old. And that began for me the season of shepherding. Psalm 31, 7 and 8 says, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble. You have known my soul in adversities and have not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet on a solid place. So again, God, by his word, by his spirit, by his people, sustained me through that. My community group came and helped get a house ready for me to live in. I had consistent prayer support and... Um, and it was a hard time, but life has hard times, and God's grace really is sufficient. So two years after that, oh yeah, and my mom died in the middle of all that. 
Two years after that, I got a new cancer diagnosis, carcinosarcoma. It was very aggressive. It was very unusual, and they shipped me off to Davis right away. The family circled the wagons. My brother and sister-in-law came from Washington. Katie flew home from Denver, where she'd graduated her program and was working in uh, social services. And um, my friend Diane, who uh, circled around as well in our and our, our fellowship group and got me down for the procedure and got me home. And because it was such a weird cancer, they just threw everything at me. So I had chemo, I had radiation, I had brachytherapy, which is high dose targeted radiation. So you had us like stay in the room in a lead room and they wouldn't let you out till they ran a Geiger counter over you to make sure you weren't a threat to public safety. And I came home and Chris took my Kristen, eldest took medical leave and, um, took care of me, and 10 years later, we had a fire, we had COVID, and here I am to talk about it because of God's goodness to me. So um, I had another scripture. Thus goes, well, thus goes the season of shepherding, and I'm still in it, and my tender shepherd has given me everything for life and godliness. He has graced me with loving kindness and mercy. And if you ever get a chance to do this testimony thing, I will tell you, God will take you on a journey of recollection that will fill you to capacity with the stories of his grace. Thank you so much.